Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Yep, yep, get old boys is back and reloaded. All in your mind, yeah, now deep throated. This is for the streets, the real, the railroaded. Disenfranchised, the truth, the scapegoated And they know it, we speak the truth so they quote it Cause we wrote it, the north, south, the east coast It's the GB knocking, we keeping your head bobbing It ain't no stopping And once the beat drops in By then, the system is so corrupt They throw the rock out their hands and then blame it on us It's GB, don't get it twisted On code and we ain't dancing for no buttermilk biscuits Willie D, y'all. Scarface is in the building. Collectively, we are the Ghetto Boys. Reloaded. Reloaded with another episode of information and instructions to help you navigate through this wild, crazy, beautiful world. In the studio, my old schoolmate, my homeboy, my friend, my brother, a solid father, brother, son, Cousin. Homeboy. Oh <laughs> hey, man. This dude, activist. This dude right here. And on top of that, the cherry on top is he's an activist. He, he's for the people. Derek Muhammad family. Good to be here, man. Happy man. to be among brethren. Look, man, I'm so happy to have you Thank here, you man. Thank you for having me. You, you are one of those people that that is earned, not given. Hmm. You, 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 we can't. We came from the same place. Yes, sir. And we walked the same streets. We walked the same halls in school. Yes, sir. So I know your story, but I want you to share. So y'all went to school together? Yeah. Yeah. Derek's a couple years under me. Mm -hmm. Really? I got a few years under Will, but... uh, How many years you over me? Because Will got a few years over me, too. I think we... Y'all around the same age. Yeah, yeah. I just turned 50 last year. Oh, no. I'm older than you. Oh, okay. Five years, too. I'm 45. Right. Yeah. But... uh. From the north side of Houston, uh, Brother Derek Muhammad. Uh, I remember Willie D back when Willie D was the local celebrity rapper. So when he became famous and people in Japan and everybody else started knowing him, we thought they already knew him. Because Wait, Willie, Willie D is famous in Japan? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He was. He is. Really? I don't know. But... But we come from the same uh, neighborhood. Everybody knows what goes on in the hood in the United States of America. So we don't have to itemize that. But we come from humble beginnings. And no doubt. Uh, all no praise doubt. is due to Allah. We living better now, but we haven't forgotten where we came from. Man, you know, when I look at you, oftentimes I see myself, man, in, in that you've always been like a good brother, had a good heart. But you had some challenges. Absolutely. You had some challenges. I mean, you 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 was a good dude, but you know you got caught up for a minute, just like I got caught up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and to, and to see you go from uh, basically a menace. <laughs> <laughs> so you was a menace for real. That's what they say, face. <laughs> but 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 to see you go from that to being a giver, mm-hmm. you know, to being a protector. Mm-hmm. That's big. That's big. And to see how you dote over your daughter and how that uh, feeling is reciprocated, mm. 
it's beautiful, man, to see the relationship you have with your mother, you know, especially knowing like what that relationship was like early on. Yes, sir. Because, you know, your father died when you was 11 years old. Right. You know, your, your mother battled addiction. Yes. Similar to mine, my mom battled alcoholism, which mm-hmm. is an addiction. Mm-hmm. But your mom battled a drug addiction. Man, how, I mean, what was that like growing up in North, Northeast Houston on the North side? Mm-hmm. And, you know, having to face those type of challenges on a daily basis. It was rough, Will, but it was all that we knew. You know, you have some young children who say that they grow up in a household, but they don't even know that they're poor because they just don't know nothing else. They feel like it's just normal. But having a mom who was uh, got caught up in the crack era, I look at it as her being a casualty of the war on drugs. It forced myself and my siblings to grow up very fast. Uh, my father passing away at the age of 11 forced me to grow up very, very fast. And I feel like the challenges that you face as a child, they'll either defeat you or they'll make you stronger. I believe that the challenges that I faced, I believe those that you faced, that we faced, they made us stronger. And now that God has blessed us to become stronger in the face of those challenges, it is up to us to turn the corner to go back to where we came from to make certain that we reach a hand out to those other youngsters who are going through the same challenges. I'm a firm believer that you must never turn your nose up at the bridge that brought you over. Mm. If anything, you should do what you can to repair that bridge so that others who are coming across the bridge can make it on the other side, too. So that's what I'm in the business of today, my dear brother, making certain that we we are able to go back to where we came from and make it better for the next generation. Yeah. Share, share with the audience that story you told me about your teacher who, yeah. who hip you on to literacy. Right, right. So... 10th grade, I came to school and I picked up my my uh, schedule. And I saw that they had me in the class called journalism. At that time, I didn't even know what the term journalism meant. Mm. So I sat in the class and the teacher was like, does anybody have any questions? I said, yeah, what's journalism? <laughs> and she explained it to me. But I told her, look, don't worry about it. You know, too many smart children in this class. Uh, I'm going to get my schedule changed. And, and, and so you don't worry about it. I ain't coming back here no more. So she said, well, Mr. Jackson, give me two weeks. And if you still want to get your schedule changed, I will co-sign on it. But the way you got in this class is because your English teacher from ninth grade mm. recommended you because she said that you had a talent for writing. So I said to her... That's a hell of a thing because I failed that class, right? So (laughs) what happened is she started teaching me, Face, how to do what's called feature writing. She'd give me a subject and she'd say, okay, it's almost like probably kind of like songwriting. Mm -hmm. And I started getting good at it. Then I started liking it. Whereas at first I was hiding from my friends that I was in this journalism class because it sounded nerdy. Now... I'm out with it. Like, yeah, man, I'm going to take this journalism thing to the next level. So she started. um, Now, at the time, my mother was in the throes of her drug addiction and we hadn't seen her for weeks. So it was myself and my brother pretty much living on our own, uh, surviving how we could and, you know, going to school when we wanted to, that kind of thing. Well, she knew what it is, what was going on in my household. She knew I was 15 with grown folks problems. And anytime there was some kind of competition or whatever, she would come pick me up. Uh, she would bring me food. She would give me money. So she, as a teacher, unbeknownst to me, became the mother figure that I needed at a time when my mother mm. was not in a position to be a mother. You yeah, understand what me. I'm saying? So she entered some of my writings into a competition. And... I basically just did it for her because this is what she did to me. She would give me something and I would write and I would bring it back to her 
for her to grade it. And she would say, well, that's okay, Mr. Jackson, but I think you could do better. Back then, my last name was Jackson. Then I'd do better and give it back to her. And then she would go crazy. She would go, that's what I'm talking about. She would take a small thing that I did and she would make it big, right? Hmm. That was her way of giving me confidence. So she entered my writing into this competition. By this time, I was living with my grandmother. My grandmother had come and got us and we were living there. So my grandmother was like, Derek, Miss Leonard's on the phone. I called. I mean, I picked up the phone and she started screaming. Ah, ah, and I'm like, Miss Leonard, what's wrong? She said, you got second place. You got second place. I told you you could do it. And it was the first time that I'd ever competed against white children in anything. But she had put such a battery in my back that any self-doubt that I had in myself and thinking that I couldn't compete with these white children, it was already gone. So I tell that story just to illustrate the power of one teacher, mm. of how the or, or the power of one mentor, the power of how one individual can impact a child's life and they never forget it. Now, this was 30 years ago. I'm still talking about that to this day, okay. you know, but she but I made it to state as a writer. I'm talking about coming out of Homestead Village Projects. And uh, she picked me up to take me to the competition. And she said, Derek, she said, don't you go in here and let these rich white kids intimidate you. She said, you are the best 16-year-old writer on the planet Earth when you focused. That's the kind of battery she used to put in my back. So I competed. And I remember getting up from that desk saying there's nothing in this room that's going to be able to compete with what I wrote. Well, she called me just like she did the first time and said, uh, you know, now my grandmother was saying, Brother Derek, Derek Miss Leonard's on the phone. So I pick up the phone and she's on the phone crying. I'm like, what's wrong, Miss Leonard? She said, they robbed you. Mm. I, I say, what do you mean? Well, the rule said that you have to write a story that's 400 words long or less. less. Mine was 405 words. So I did too much. But she used to judge those competitions, and she said that she never seen where they disqualified somebody for writing too many words. It was my first time experiencing systematic racism directly. Mm. We all experienced it indirectly, but directly yeah. was my first time being cheated out of something, yeah. right? Now, to be honest with you, I really didn't care. I was more there for her than I was for me because I was there to prove her right, you see? All of the negative things that I had been that had been said to me about myself as a little black boy growing up That's in good. the hood, she was saying something different. She was feeding the king yeah, in me while good. everybody else was telling me you ain't going to be nothing in life. Mm -hmm. So I had to prove her right. And so even though they robbed me of that competition, the battery that she put in my back 30 years ago is still in my back today. So I can walk in any room and never feel intimidated, never feel less than, never feel as if though I'm not on anybody else's level, no matter who's in that room. Have you ever, have you had the opportunity to tell her this? Have you he, seen her? Yes, good, yes. Good, because she needs to know that. Yes, I, I wrote about her in my book. Excellent. And uh, What's the name of that book? It's called New Rules. It'll be out in a month. Dope. Right. But... I, I, I called her and I told her and I let her know. We actually maintained contact all the way up until the time she passed away. She passed away in 2020. Wow. Sorry to hear that. But that year, before she passed away, some months before she passed away, I was on an airplane on my way to Nevada for my birthday. I was going to spend my birthday up in the mountains in Nevada. And as I was writing about her in the book, I just started crying, bro. Because it, it wasn't until then, 30 years later, that I realized, damn, God used this lady to save my life. <laughs> yeah. And when I got off that plane, I called her and I let her know. 
But because it was, we were going through COVID protocols, I said, man, I'm going to go and see her. But I'm going to wait till things cool down with COVID. Well, a couple months later, I got a phone call from her nephew telling me that she passed away. But I want to say that to anyone who might be listening. If you have somebody that has made a difference in your life like that, don't wait to go and see them mm-hmm. to let them know what it is that they, they've done for you because tomorrow is not promised. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But that's, that's the power that's, of one mentor. That's a hell of a story, man. It is. That is a beautiful story. You know, speaking of passing away, man, I did not know Virgis died, um, the owner of uh, Sunshine. Yes. Yeah. I did not know he died. Sunshine Prayers. Oh, man, R.I.P. That, that was a... Good dude and super yeah. good. Yeah, may God be pleased. A great contributor, good to, brother. To Houston. Yes, sir. You know, Speaking of passing, I don't know if people know, but my grandmother, that's on the My Homies album, she passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When face? Uh, yeah. June June the sixth, she passed. We buried her on the eleventh. Oh man, my condolences. That's no, all good, man. She put up ninety four on me, and she don't <laughs> owe me nothing. My grandmother mm-hmm. passed back in October. Um, she put up ninety three years. Yeah, she don't owe you nothing. Nah, I, I can't. Got, I got enough. 51, 51 years of that was run, beautiful. Man, that, yeah, it was a fantastic run. Right. Yes. And and, and you, you talk about people um, that were inspirational in your your upbringing, you mm-hmm. know, and you being who, who being the person that you are. You know, I share that same sentiment with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. You know, she 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 gave me some stuff that I can take with me for the rest of my life mm-hmm. and pass on to my children that they can pass on to theirs. So I understand what you're saying. Uh, when you talk about uh, people that that just uh, has a big impact on your life, as well as teachers too, mm-hmm. you know, teachers played a huge role in me being, you know, who I am today. I started, and this is funny. I started the way I started rapping was through Limbricks. You ever heard of a Limbrick? Mm-mm. And it's like there was was a man from Nantucket who used to sit on the bucket. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I learned how to rap, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I just mastered that and got really really good, Willie and. <laughs> It's real though. It is, man. Something so simple turn can turn you into an animal. You know, something so simple as journalism mm-hmm. can turn you into an animal. Like you know, journalism. You know how to put words together. You know how to stand in front of a a, a, a group of people, man, and express yourself to them about the importance of what it is you're trying to get across. You know what I mean? Like, that's heavy, man. That's heavy. Ghetto Boys Reloaded Podcast. We'll be right back after the break. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Are you still working with the mayor's office? Uh, 
indirectly sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you put a lot of work in, man, especially with that Black Male Summit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The Black Male Summit is my baby. Mm -hmm. The Black Male Summit is the most important <laughs> project that I've ever worked on. And it's the most important project that I will ever work on. What is the Black Male Summit? The Black Male Summit is a summit that we host twice a year, once mm -hmm. on the north side and once on the south side, where we bring in young brothers from the hood and their parents. And we focus strictly on the issues that black males face sure. in America. If, if Do me a favor. Start to cut you off, but mm -hmm. name some of those issues that um, plague the black male in America. The fact that your average black male functions at a reading level of second grade. Heavy. That's an issue. The average black male what? What age? Just period. That's not true because Willie can read his Come ass on, off. Man. I'm listening no. to his words. You, second grade. Second, the, the average, second, first of all, second grade reading level <laughs> is actually comprehensive. That don't mean you can't read. But yes, sir. Wow. At an average, what does what does can't point. what does can't read mean though? What does that mean? Can't read like can't a dooba da ba da ba uba. That's uba. not true, Willie. Like, come on, come on, man. Don't do that. Listen, -ba -ba -ba. That's not true, Willie. Most most of most of your high school graduates, even if they can read, they graduate as functional illiterates. A functional illiterate is someone who can read and call words, but they can't get a grasp on the concept of what it is that they're reading. And you have to also remember that for 300, and 300 plus years, it was against the law for us to learn how to read. So reading and writing are actually two lost arts among wow. our people. So my, my, my uh, uh, first grade teacher, her name was Miss Taylor. And she had a thing on her board, on her chalkboard, and it says understanding what you've read understanding what you've read would that is that like a form of of, of illiteracy if you cannot understand what it is you called, read that's what called, it's saying it's called functional illiteracy when you can you can call you can words. read the words but you don't it doesn't right. make any sense and to you. you can read the words very well but you don't I'll understand what the, so and then and then you have to also understand face that 90% of what we're reading is culturally irrelevant to us. I be damned. Meaning we're we're reading, we can read it, but I'm not really interested in what the hell George Washington did. As far as That's heavy. As far as I'm concerned, George Washington was a slave owner. He sold a slave for a Ooh, keg of molasses. We man. So the, these are things that if 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 you put this in front of me, it's something that I'm interested in because I see myself in it. But most of what our young boys are force-fed in public school. They don't see themselves in it. Speaking of which, what happened on August 2nd in this year? August 2nd, 1900, according to this calendar, North Carolina voters overwhelmingly approved amendment to disenfranchise African-Americans as part of a statewide campaign to intimidate black registered voters. What does that mean to you? That means that what was going on then is still going on right now. <laughs> That's heavy, man. This is a catalog uh, uh, for a history of racial injustice. Exactly. And this is the type of information that we have to feed to our children. Because that's the only type of information that, we, that we're interested in. Well, it's the type of information that matters, man. Knowledge of self is it's like the motor inside of a car. Right. You could you could have you could have the body of the car, but if you don't have the engine, it can't go nowhere. Man, I have no desire to study Abraham Lincoln whatsoever. I just don't. Right. Now, if we're going and talking about Sojourner Truth or or, or or Dred Scott or or Pap Singleton and stuff like that, like I, I'm I'm interested in those people. But when you talk about uh uh uh, uh the Hayes Tillman Act and all that crap, I don't give a damn about that, man. Well, the only thing that we really need to know is who they were. Period. Hayes Tillman? No, I'm talking oh, about our um, Washington Jacks, all of them. Yes. Yeah. Who the, who the hell they were? Yeah, they, they, really they were slave were. drivers. That's it. That's no heroes. Really not heroes. To us. Because from there we know what they did. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. There's an there's an African proverb that says, "When a child does not feel the love of the village, 
they will burn it down in order to feel its warmth. Boy, that's heavy. It's very heavy. Break it's that down heavy. for me one because time. Because what, what it does is explains the it explains the behavior of our children, particularly black boys. See, we've given birth to soldiers, but we have not given them anything to fight for. When we integrated black businesses into white businesses and black businesses got eradicated while white businesses took off, what we did is we gave birth to a generation of soldiers, but what they were born to protect, we've integrated it into white society. Oh. So so they're angry. They're angry, my dear brother. And I mean, think about this, right? When we came up in the 80s, you could drive down one street and you could see three different football games going on at the same time. We are playing tackle football. They did a study with lab rats and they said that after a lab rat is finished eating, It'll actually do more work in order to enter into another space where there's another juvenile male lab rat so they can play. So to play is something that's natural for juvenile males. So why is it today that we can drive down the same streets and ain't nobody outside playing? It's because we've traded tackle football for Grand Theft Auto. Fortnite. Freeze tag for Fortnite. Hotball. Remember we used to play hotball? For Roblox. Yeah. So. Well, but, that's toxic ma- masculinity now. You know, they call that toxic masculinity. Yeah, but what? Wait, What now? Anything with black, black, anything with men doing something aggressive is toxic. Toxic. Yeah, toxic but, the, but, the, but, the thing, but the thing about it is these video games. The type of it, it's not just that they're playing video games, but these violent video games that they're playing, they're militarizing our young boys before they reach the age of puberty. Yeah, but that's not our young boys. They're militarizing their young boys because we ain't, we're we not, we're not walking up the street with, with uh, well, I'm lying. <laughs> Think about what you're saying, uh, yeah, Face. Let me shut the fuck up. Think about what you're saying, Face. Let me face. just shut the fuck up. No, they're militarizing our young We are walking boys. up the streets now with, with, uh, with, 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 with uh, but, assault but, rifles. But we're militarized for self-destruction. <clears throat> mm-hmm. They're militarized for something else. They militarize them to destruct us. Exactly. And what they're doing is, is they're sending in militarized police officers to deal with our militarized young boys. But, the, but what I'm saying is the scientists got it down pat. If you can affect the way they play as little boys, then you can affect how they end up as grown men. God. Think think God. about it. Think about it. Uh, if, if you see a youngster every single day, he got a basketball in his hand. He has a better chance of ending up in the NBA. You see a youngster with a football <laughs> in his hand every yeah. day. He has a better chance of ending up. See where you're going. Yeah, in, you're the, going. in the NFL, right? Yeah. yeah you if, you see, if you see a youngster playing Grand Theft Auto 10, 12 times, 10, 12 hours a day. He's going to be a car. And that's all he do. (laughs) It's going to impact where he ends up as a man. So that's why Frederick Douglass said that it is easier to train strong boys than it is to repair broken men. We got to catch them while they're young. Heavy. If we want to save them. Uh, Which is a great segue into the documentary you produced, Raising Boys, uh, Tips for uh, Single Moms. Yes, sir. What are some tips for single moms and raising boys in this climate? Yes. Shout out to all of the single mothers out there who are being forced to raise their young boys on their own. And that's not a slight against the fathers, Mm. but if the statistics are worth their salt. They say that 70% of the homes in our community are headed by females, right? So there will be times when that father is not there. Mm. But some of the things that a single mom has to do, first and foremost, is she gotta, she has to be realistic about what she's what she's in. You gotta do your research and understand what that boy is facing as a black male in America, and you cannot sugarcoat it for him. The worst thing you can do is keep him on the breast too long because there's a such thing as doing too much for your child. See, you might see him as your baby boy. Mm -hmm. And but if he goes out 
And every time he gets in trouble, you come and you save him. At some point, he's going to get into something you can't get him out of. And when he stands before that judge, that judge is not going to see him as your baby boy. That judge is going to see him as a grown man. I don't care if he's 12 years old. And when little boys commit grown man crimes, they do grown man time. Another thing that all parents should do is no matter what it is that your child asks for, if he's a boy, especially you make him work for it. If he asks you for them Jordans and you know you want to buy them for him anyway, you make him go out there and cut the grass, rake the leaves, uh, sweep the roof. Hell, I don't know, but make him do something because what you're doing is you're establishing in him work ethic. You're letting him know that you're not going to be given anything in this world for free. If you don't do that, you send him out in the world with an unrealistic expectation that somebody owes him something and he'll end up in prison wondering what happened. It'll hit him so fast he won't know what happened to him. So those are some tips that we give to single moms. Uh, but another very important one is, you know, you have to study your child's father. I don't care how you feel about him. You got to study him. Because if you study your child's father unemotionally, you will see in him your son's strengths and weaknesses. Whatever those strengths are, you feed those strengths. <laughs> this guy's Wh whatever those weaknesses <laughs> are, you do your best to try to protect them from those weaknesses. But don't become so over emotionally disappointed in the father to where you're not paying attention. You think you got rid of him, but you didn't. You're dealing with him in that child. And the same goes for single fathers. Um, we have to be systematic about this thing. Talk about the risk in coddling boys when, let's say, they have a father who has a colorful background. Mm -hmm. Maybe they, again, a colorful background. Maybe they <laughs> maybe they've been in some trouble with the law or something, right? Okay. Or they haven't done so well, at, you know, as as a man, exactly. and they haven't lived up to manly expectations, you know, being a provider and 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 protector and all of this. What if he just can't deal with that bitch? Well, <laughs> well it's a difference. Go let, ahead. Let, let's stay on track here. Okay. So, <laughs> what what would be the advice to like a woman who? tries to over overcompensate for uh to make sure that her son don't turn out like her like his dad she overcompensates and she coddles him and now instead of raising a boy mm -hmm. to be a man mm -hmm. she's raising the boy to be more like a woman mm -hmm. you know because i've seen dudes get coddled and they argue with their mothers like their mothers is their girlfriends Mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. you know they won't like you was talking about uh rewarding them for working putting the work in i know boys that don't do any chores this shit was unheard of when i was growing up they don't mow the yard they 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 don't clean their room mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't have any kind of side job or anything they don't do anything but stick their hand out and take mm -hmm. from their mom and their mom will sit up and argue with them like they're their boyfriend or something. Yeah. Yeah. I see it all the time, Will. And most mothers who coddle, as you said, their sons end up regretting it later. See, the young black male in America is what I call overmothered and underfathered. Overmothered and underfathered. Both are a problem. See, when God brings you into the world, he gives you two of everything. Two eyes to see, two nostrils Whoa. to breathe, two ears. He gives you two of everything. And let's say he gives you two eyes. If you lose one of those eyes, you're considered handicapped. So every child that is born into the world has a human right to two parents, both mother and father. OK, if the relationship between mother and father does not work out for whatever reason, that father, if you keep that child from his mother, as long as the mother is not hurting that child, you handicapping your child. And as a mother, if you keep that child away from his father, 
as long as the father is not hurting that child, you're handicapping your child. The child is the one who suffers. So as a mother, you have to understand the nature of a boy. All right. The nature of the male is it's about establishing dominance at every chapter in your life. That, that's it. That's that's what boys do. When we go outside, it's about who can slap box the slap box the best, who can fight the best, uh, who can play basketball the best. It's about establishing dominance. And if he does not have a strong male in his life to teach him how to manage that, then what will happen is he'll end up veering off the road of life and you won't know what the hell to do with him. I had a partner who um, he, he, he his his child's mother got into another relationship. Right. And he didn't want the man around his children. So he called over there and he he threatened her and all this mm -hmm. other kind of stuff. Right. Which he shouldn't have done all of that. Well, she recorded him and told him. Now, I got you. He was on probation at the time. She recorded him and said, if you come around my children again, those were his children, too. I am going to call your probation officer. So now he's in the bind, acting a fool, but now he can't even see his children. So this brother went almost 10 years without seeing his children. But one day, his children's mom came looking for him. She came looking for him because the boy had gotten out of control, didn't know what to do with him. And he had to you know, step in. Most mothers who do that regret it in the end. So to the single mothers out there, if you if you keep your son away from his father, you're not hurting anybody but your son. And this is the part that's heartbreaking. But I got to say it since we on the ghetto boys reloaded podcast. The sons usually end up hating their mothers. The one that does everything for them, they end up hating. I'm talking about hatred mm. because you're 25, 26, 27, 28 years old. Mama's still doing everything for you. You still sleeping on her couch. Subconsciously, you blame her. For you not being the man. It's really your fault, but subconsciously you blame her. And there are a lot of single mothers who take abuse from their sons after they've given them everything. Mm -hmm. Because the son grew up to hate them. You the reason I don't have a relationship with my daddy. Mm. So don't do that, sisters. You're only hurting your sons and you're creating a scenario where he may grow up to hate you. I hate to say it, but it's true. I see it every day. That would also uh, have some effect on their relationships with other women. You know, I, I would think that if you have such a low opinion of your mother, you can't have a high opinion of women. Facts. Facts. Yes, sir. Facts. Exclamation point. Ghetto Boys Reloaded Podcast. We'll be right back after the break. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbroke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! 
drive the Nissan Rogue. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Let's talk about Savior's Day 2022. One of the greatest, greatest days in the history of civilization. Uh, Louis Farrakhan, Honorable Louis Farrakhan spoke back in February in a speech that was uh, called the Swan Song. Yes, sir. Some people were saying that that was supposed to be his final official speech for the Nation of Islam. How true is that? To be honest with you, Will, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Face says he just lost his grandmother. You, you never know when the time is going to come for the day of your departure. But when the minister explained the swan song, he was basically saying that this is not necessarily my swan song. And for those who don't understand, the swan song is the beautiful song that a swan sings before he dies. The minister is saying, was saying that this is really America's swan song Mm. because if she continues down the road of denying black people justice her end is near so this is the swan song for those who refuse to heed to the truth this is the swan song for those who refuse to cast off false ideas and concepts this is the swan song for those who continue to you know keep their foot on the necks of the oppressed that's the way he explained it what's the what's the um what's the repercussion from 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 what? From keeping your feet on black people's neck. What what, what are we going to do? That's a very good question. Like, That's a, is, is, what we're going to do. We're going to go march. I'm sorry, keeping you keeping their feet on our necks. We're going to get up. We're going to go march some more. We're going to go and congregate some more. Uh, um, what are we going to do? We're going to go to war. Because hmm. I think that I think that in a um, in a society and in a country that only understands. Um, Brutality in war, mm-hmm. brutality in war. Like the only like you 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 not afraid of nobody standing up in front of your house holding no sign, right? You afraid of somebody walking in your house and beating you the fuck up or killing you? See, I see, I'm fucked up like that. Like I I'm not gonna I don't I, don't, I ain't down. Mm-hmm. Like I ain't down with that shit. If you if 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 we really really tired of it, then let's go on, on and crank this shit up, man. I don't want to talk no motherfucking more. If, if if it's on, then it's on. If it's not, we just gonna stay where the fuck we at. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't I'm tired of motherfuckers spoon feeding me, man. Oh oh, you want to vote again? Uh, let me take it to the Senate. Uh, let me take it to Congress. Uh, oh, you niggas want to eat food now? Uh, let me, let me, let me see if they want to let y'all eat. You know, that's some whole ass shit to me. Like, man, if you gonna let me, if you gonna, if you, if you want, if, if, if you gonna let me be a motherfucking man, let me be a man, bro. Yes, you know, but that's no, don't, they don't, but they, they don't, they, they don't have the power to let you they, be a man. They, they having the power the, the, the now because we can't. The, your power is within, within, within. Like nobody, I, I ask for permission from nobody to be a man. Like, can't nobody. Give me permission or let me be a man. I'm a man, period. And I'm going to carry myself like a man. And anybody got a problem with it, uh, I'm going to deal with it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So, well, so everybody so, don't feel like that. Yeah, Black but, people, we we may feel like but what, man. But what, what has happened to us as a <laughs> manly is we got caught up in the illusion of inclusion. Uh, too, too many of us, too many of us have gotten too comfortable. And so in order for us to get into that that war mindset that you're talking about, a line has to be drawn in the sand. And now, everybody got to be down with the. Everybody got to stand behind that line. Well, you, unfortunately, you're not going to get everybody. Yeah, well, that's fucked up. But we need it. It is. 
But there's no war where there are not casualties. But we need a critical mass. I don't know how many more casualties we need, uh, Brother Muhammad. I don't either. We, we got we got we got more casualties than we can count. Starting back either. from the from the the eighteen seventeen hundreds. All it's all in this book right here. All in this calendar for every day. Now we ain't got it, no shortage it, of casualties. It, it, it's eighteen sixty six. Texas Texas passes a law providing that black people cannot testify in court unless the defendant is black. You know, like that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like when, <laughs> no man. No shortage of When? Well, we 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 have to begin to see it for what it is, my dear brother. And that is that. I think it was it was W E D E B Du Bois Boy, who said that yeah. a system cannot fail a people that was not built to give them justice in the first place. That's true. And the problem is, we keep trying to force ourselves. On a people that don't want you around at all, we we're begging for justice um, from a people who don't even have it to give to themselves. We begging for jobs from a people who don't have enough jobs for themselves. See, we, <laughs> but 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 the black man, listen to me. But the black man in America is like a seven foot man that's drowning in four feet of water. Break that down. All he got to do is stand up. All he got to do is stand up to save himself. Like we were saying, we we got we have everything that we need in order to become a nation within the nation. We got the intellect. Don't tell me we ain't got the money with one point three three trillion dollars in spending power. But who are we spending it with? And you talking about the war? That's where the war is right there. The war is economic. Economics, yeah. The war is political. The war is educational. The war is cultural. That's where the war is. But we have to first give up this asinine idea that the American dream is somehow for black people. It never was. It is not now. And it never will be. So until we come to that come to Jesus meeting that we all got to have with ourselves and realize that we, we all we got, then we're going to continue to suffer. See, our ancestors showed us a blueprint of it with Black Wall Street. That was just a microcosm. Microcosm. How do we get I mean, back a, to Black Wall Street? Man, listen, I'm going to tell you. Like you said, we got the money. We got the intellect. Yeah. We even got the knowledge. I'm, I, I'm a, <laughs> what we don't have, I believe, is we don't have the will. We don't have the we don't have the unity, and we have to be honest. But let me let, let me clear up before I, before I let you go any further. Just collectively, we don't have the will because there are a lot of black people out there doing great things. So I don't want to discount what you guys are doing. Point. They're doing phenomenal things, and they're 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 building industries. They're taking they're taking on buying into industries. They're hiring black people. They're creating company. jobs. They're producing. So, uh, shouts out to all you guys out there that's putting in the work. But we but we have to yeah. do that with the with independence in mind. You understand what yeah. I'm saying? And and there is a difference. You know, there's a story about the old hound dog who was laying on the porch, laying on a rusty nail. And the neighbor came over and asked his owner, he said, man, I see that hound dog over there laying on that rusty nail. Why don't he move? He said, I don't know. He said, either he too lazy to move or it just don't hurt enough. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah, man. And in my humble opinion, that's an analogy for us as mm -hmm. a people. Like, bro, it just don't hurt. Listen, enough. we out, we're out protesting in front of Sesame Place because Sesame Place is discriminating against black children. Bro, Have you seen that? Listen, man, what? Saw that, Willie. Listen, what more do we need to see? Ooh, that's wee. that's white folks saying that. What more do you need to see? Mm. Because if if we are Passing over the black children at Sesame Street, you're already preempting them and indoctrinating them and letting them know that you live in racist America. Let me prepare you for this before you even get into second grade. What more do we need to see? <laughs> 
Damn. The nail just don't hurt enough. Either we too lazy or it just don't hurt enough. Now, it can't be the laziness. No, black people are not lazy. You know why black people, I know how I know black people ain't lazy? Who built free. this damn country? For free. <laughs> for free. Yeah. For nothing. Yeah, no compensation. So it whatsoever. can't be the laziness, but I guess it don't hurt enough. Bro, it hurt me. That's killing it, me. It, it, it hurt me, bro. We're three, what, three years up from when Nipsey Hussle got killed. I just can't, I still can't get beyond it. It still got me messed up. Like, that still physically hurts me. Mm -hmm. That that black man who was that special. See, you got the smart ones. You got the talented ones. You know. But you got some that that's the, the special ones. He was a special one. Nipsey was everything that we say we want to be. He, he's <clears throat> everything that we, 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 t we, we say that what we need to be. Yeah. He was that. He embodied that. And when I found, man, when I was reading the headline, I was on the internet and I saw the headline and said, uh, popular rapper killed. I thought it was another one of these little youngsters. And, and then I, I saw Nipsey, man, I saw Nipsey's name, man. I just, my heart just dropped. Man. I can't believe somebody would kill Nipsey Hussle. Like Shot Nipsey him Hussle. And I mean, him in the head. But, but, you know, they, you know. Dang. But, but, yeah. but, and we, we know that there, there, there are details to it, but, for what? Yeah. For what? Damn. And 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 last week I was telling somebody this the other day. I, I actually said this at the Black Male Summit. And listen to me. I saw where Nipsey's killer, Eric Holder, got convicted for murder. He first did get degree. convicted? Yeah, he got convicted for first degree murder a few weeks ago. Damn. And I asked myself the question. Oh, I said to myself, he probably don't even care. You know why? Because he's a hero now. Because at in least, his, at least mind, people know my name. In his mind. A, at least I'm famous now. Nah, it's going to be bad. At least I'm famous. That Listen, let back, me tell you something. Terrible, man. Somebody, but, but, but they don't they care. That's what I'm saying. Some of these youngsters <laughs> out here, they would rather be somebody on the front of a T-shirt than to be nobody walking around in real life. I don't get it, but okay. I don't either. I don't either. But that's how bad that's how bad it is. Like they say that this brother killed Nipsey because Nipsey made him feel irrelevant. Or something like that. But this whole idea of clout chasing, it's out of control. It's out of control. But that still hurts me to 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 see how that brother lost his life and just to think just in 3 years. There's no telling how much further he would have been in, in his career and in doing for his community. That's just one example. But the point that I'm making is I can't be the hound dog on the what, porch. What the hound dog laying on, on the on, porch? On, on, you on ain't going to lay down on that porch, huh? Nah, bro. I can't either. I wish it was a way. I wish it was a way that we can get. I wish it was a way that we can get with everybody and get us all together, man. And we all have a a task at hand to complete, man, that that could better the situation for us and the, and, and the ones that come behind us. You know what I mean? Like, I, I really think that, that that example should be set right now by us. Well, that's, I, again, Brad, that, that is happening in some sectors. That's yeah, happening. but we need to put it all together, Willie. Really. I understand. But going back to what, what Derek said, this ain't for everybody. We can't take everybody. Everybody ain't going to make it. Everybody just ain't gonna make it. Some people don't even want to make it. Some people listen to what we saying right now. That look at them niggas, niggas talking talk about getting together and shit. My motherfucker, I hate them motherfuckers. Them motherfucking niggas. <laughs> Who you talking about? Uh, niggas. Oh, you talking niggas. about? You talking about that girl? I'm talking, I'm talking about niggas. <laughs> you know they they girl. listen. They watching right now. They looking. They like I can't stand. They, they can't stand it. Get mm. together. What the fuck you talking about? Unity, man. This is it, man. I'm. I ain't shit. What can you imagine you pulling together? That how many? What one point three trillion or what is it? Yeah, one point three three trillion. I said three. One point three trillion. Some some, some people, Brad, are just built that way, man, because intrinsically that's who they are. Intr what's the word? That's that's just who intrinsically. Who, that that's that's who <laughs> they are. You know, it, it's some some people, man. Like we we're not gonna be able to take everybody with us, and we got to be okay with that. And like we got to be okay with, like. 
if it went down for real, like we got to be okay with the Harriet Tubman mentality, uh, kill a few of them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We 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 got to be okay with that because them motherfuckers is holding us back, and so we we can't we we can't let anybody jump on the boat that would try to poke a hole in the bottom. Poke a of hole thing. in the boat. You the, know the 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 problem is we have to be clear on the goal. We have to be clear on the objective. We have to be clear on what it is that we're trying to accomplish as a people. In huh? the '60s, in the '60s, they were clear that they were trying to accomplish this social experiment called integration, which has not worked. That has not worked. But they were organized in every state on many levels trying to integrate. We want to eat in the same restaurants as white people. And I think we, that was a big mistake. We want to be able to use the same toilets as white people. That was okay. a big mistake. Listen, not only, not only do I agree that it was a big mistake, statistics bear witness. Okay. That it was a total mistake. But what if if integration was the goal back then and they knew, okay, we got one common goal, let's work toward it. What's the goal right now? Hmm. If if we don't establish that, then we don't know what we're organizing behind. The the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said decades ago, even while they were fighting for integration, that we should be fighting for what is called separation. We should have a separate system where we educate our children, mm. a separate economy where we determine the value of our own homes and mm. the value of our own businesses, mm. not depending on, on white people. Yeah, man, think, you, think about this. You think shit. about this, right? Okay, before South Park became black, it was white. Third War was white. Iron Clark was white. Scenic Woods, white, okay? Missouri City. And the property value in that neighborhood was it was high. Then integration came into play. Our people started moving from Kendleton and all of these little small black towns into these neighborhoods, right? And it went down. Right. Soon as we soon as we moved in, white folks started moving, moving out. out. They call it what? White flight. Okay. Okay, white flight. White flight. So then white folk moved to Missouri City. Then black folk moved to Missouri City. They moved to Sugarland. Then they moved to Sugarland. Then we start moving to Sugarland. Then they, they went out to Richmond, right? Richmond then they Rosenberg. got tired of running and, and came back, back to the in, city. right? But now, initially in the '60s, when white folks started moving out of those neighborhoods, they say the property value went down. Okay, we black folk move in, white folk move out, property value go down. So in Third Ward, the property value has been low for decades. When white folk decide to move back into the hood, all of a sudden it skyrockets. So what are they telling you? They're telling you that the presence of white people is what determines value in this country. Mm. How the hell are we supposed to win under a system like that? So, so you're absolutely correct, but it's it's important that we acknowledge that just because white people live somewhere don't mean that something is more valuable. And here's what I mean. <laughs> like in these neighborhoods, well, the reason why the property value go down, not because black people move in and white people move out. It is because the politicians and the business people make a conscious decision to stop investing in those neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And that's what drives the property value down. Because if you, if, if the politicians uh, continue to allocate funds directed in, into those communities to make sure that the streets are maintained, the parks are maintained, that the schools, yeah. are, the schools are maintained and all of that stuff. And you got good te schools, uh, teachers. You don't need white people to maintain property value. The property value is going to increase. So what happens is that they take the resources. When white people leave, right. the politicians and the business people take the resources. Right. It ain't white presence because it's trailer parks with full of white people, but listen and that what, shit ain't got no value. But listen to what you're saying, Will. Yeah, they take the resources out of those zip codes, but why did they remove the resources when they were once there? Yeah, well, well, you, I mean, you, I mean, right, right, right. To your point, to your right, point. But exactly. I'm, I'm just saying, but that that is, I'm just saying that that is a that that's 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 a layered, you know, uh, theory there. You know, what yeah. I'm but I, I agree, I agree. But the point that I'm making is. We can't depend on that system of valuation 
to determine what is valuable to us. If we do that, we will always be at a disadvantage. That's right. the point that I'm making. Right. And 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 to that point, exactly. We just to be clear that we have to look at the value of our own communities and where we want to live at or whatever and invest in those communities and bring resources in that community. Right. We, ha we actually got the power to do it. We do. <laughs> we do. But it's like the wheel. Mm -hmm. You got the power, but we got to put the wheel in front of the power. Yeah, you got to have the wheel and you also got to have the courage. Yeah. A lot of black people are afraid. The, the, the two greatest... Enemies Say of, that again, man. Yeah, a lot of black people are afraid. <laughs> the two greatest enemies of black people today is not white folks. Our two greatest enemies are ignorance and fear. If we overcome those two, then there's nothing that any white person, any Klansman, any skinhead, there's nothing that they could do with us if we overcome fear and ignorance. Hmm. You can't go to war with somebody that's yeah. scared. Right. It's a hell of a thing, man, when, when you got your own government targeting you for failure. The motherfuckers write the laws, they enforce the laws. They got the military, they got law enforcement, they got all the guns. And they, and they value the dollar. They put the yeah, value yeah, on man. a bill. They, 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 they value everybody's money. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. And that's cold blood. You got a number, you just write it on a piece of paper and say, hey, this is worth what that is. Whatever that number is, what that little piece of paper is worth. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why Gaddafi was murdered, right? Yeah. Because he was like, you can't just have, you just can't give me this piece of paper with this number wrote on it and for my oil and my gold and all. And he was like, oh, yeah, we're going to kill you, motherfucker. You know, we're living in unprecedented times, man. And um, where there's a lot of changes being made by your elected officials, some say, for the bad. It seems like a lot of politicians are going out of their way to turn back the hands of times and progress for black mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get worried, man? Do you ever get worried? About what? About uh, do, you ever, do you ever get worried about how we to survive this thing? Do you ever get discouraged with the fight that you put up? Because you on a daily basis, you yes, do sir. the work. Gotcha. You fight every day, all day. This is what you do. Yeah. That's what you do. You get phone calls all day, another tragedy. You know, like you're constantly consoling. Yes, Grieving mothers, yes, sir. You know, um, grieving fathers, grieving family members, yeah. and you're constantly putting in the work all day, every day. Do you ever get weary, and how do you manage that? Yeah, I get discouraged. I do. Mm. I would be lying to you if I said that I didn't sometimes, but I never really worry. I never worry because I truly believe that this is what I was born to do. I was born to live doing it and I was born to die doing it. So I never really worry. I also never worry because in the Nation of Islam, we're taught that what we're seeing black people go through is biblical, is scriptural. And we're taught that the same way Joseph became the ruler in the land where he was once a slave, that's really just the story of black America, we will become rulers in this land where we were once enslaved. I, I know it's gonna happen. Will I see it? I'm not sure about that one, but I know it's gonna happen. So I don't worry because I know that I'm just a link in the chain. I'm just trying to be as strong of a link as I can. Um, what do I do about it? I do my best to maintain my spirituality because, and I don't see how you can be a freedom fighter and not believe in the almighty. I, I just, if it, if there were no God, then black people wouldn't have a chance whatsoever. So, yeah, I, I do get discouraged. I get discouraged all the time. I cry sometimes. And I ain't just really no crier like that. But, 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 but my little feelings be hurt by some of the things that I see. Um... Yeah, we're yeah. losing too many, but I do believe that there's a light at the end of that tunnel, and and we are that light. Yeah. We are that light. We are that light. Absolutely, man. How can people get in touch with you? And you can follow me on social media at Derek Muhammad. That's D E R I C M U H A M M A D, and uh, oh, hit me on my website, DerekMuhammad.com. Man, we really Derek appreciate you coming out, man. It's so enlightening. I want to actually do this again. Um, 
Let's have a. We need to do a weekly rant with Brother Muhammad. Like one weekly, yeah. You know, what I mean, at least once or twice, once every couple of weeks, man. Let's just yeah, get let, on here and let's, just let's just argue about it. You know, he, he off the top of the head, but he got some brilliant ass ideas. I know, <laughs> and it works, man. <laughs> about okay, Brad. Remember we talked about oh, uh, damn, Willie. Uh, I got to do Chicago. Hey, man, tomorrow. thanks for coming out, man. <laughs> y'all need a comedy show. Man. I appreciate I've been y'all trying brothers, to talk man. to him about shooting this movie, man. Nah, y'all need a comedy show for real. Nah, we ain't. We're we, we going to shoot a movie, and it's going to be funny as hell because we funny brothers, man. Oh, yeah. Together. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We appreciate you coming out, man. Absolutely. Thank you very much, big Ladies brother. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, Derek Thank Peace you, and blessings. My man. Yeah. This episode was produced by A-King and brought to you by the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.